0: If you're like, I don't want a book, I've never thought I could write a book, I don't need a book, please listen and watch because you really will benefit whatever you do by having a book. You you can either have a book that is about the thing that you do or want to sell. So if you sell horseback riding lessons or if you sell um, musical equipment, whatever those things are, or even troll dolls, there are uh, there are books that you can write because there's a huge audience out there that wants to learn more. So it's just a great form of content marketing. How much more successful would you be if you had lunch once a week with insanely successful entrepreneurs who share their biggest secrets on how they think and achieve success? Grab your seat at the table because this is Business Lunch with Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice. Welcome to another episode of Business Lunch. And today's a snackable episode with Roland where he's gonna get into some more tactical strategies that you can start using to live a rich and happy life. If this is the first snackable episode you're hearing, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes that Roland has put out. And if you wanna get notified every time we release a new episode, go to the new Podcast.com website and we'll send you detailed notes along with every episode. That's businesslunchpodcast.com, www com and you can sign up for the free email newsletter where you'll be able to get all the highlights and resources from the episodes. Hey everybody, Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice here with another episode of the Business Lunch Podcast.
1: Welcome to the show. Ryan, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing really, really well and I want to find out how your book launch went. And I want to talk about book launches because I think we've got, we talked about books in some previous episodes and how if you don't have a book, you should have a book and things like that. Um, So I think it'd be fun to talk about how do you launch a book? Because you just did one. Mm-hmm. I've got one coming up. Yep. I'm kind of going to take a different approach, not like for spite or anything like that, just because I want to... Um, I've got kind of some some different ideas that I think it would be fun to kick around. But I would just love to hear, like, how the book launch go? What was the book? What would you do differently? What
0: worked? Stuff like that. Do you have the book around here anywhere? I'm going to uh, see if I can get a copy. Uh, I know I've got some sitting on the... Uh, uh, this is for the people in the room. <laughs> I know I've got some sitting in the other room where my little perch is where I where I do things from. But um, yeah, I, I think let's talk really briefly just so for any of you guys that don't want to go back and listen. Both of us believe that it is very, very helpful whatever you do. So if you're like, I don't want a book, I've never thought I could write a book. I don't need a book. Please listen and watch because you really will benefit whatever you do by having a book you, you can either have a book that is about the thing that you do or want to sell. So if you sell horseback riding lessons, or if you sell, um, musical equipment, whatever those things are, or even troll dolls, there are, uh, there are books that you can write because there's a huge audience out there that wants to learn more. So it's just a, great form of content marketing. And so, um, with some of the tools that are available now too, you can write in multiple languages. So we've got books that we've written in different languages for, uh, for different markets that we don't know anything about using AI. You can hire ghost writers. There's a lot of ways to do it. This, this thing though is for everyone. So I, I that I want to be the very first thing. Thank you very much that, that I want to talk about, And then the other reason to do it, so that would be basically something about the content around the product or service that you sell so that you become an authority, you inform more people, you are the natural solution and problem-aware answer to whatever it is that they've got. The other reason to do it would be for personal branding because both Ryan and I talked in, I think, an episode or two ago about the importance of personal brands and how you having a personal brand will only help your business and everything else that you do as you go forward, as well as kind of insulate you against, maybe there's a downturn, something happens to your business. Maybe you decide to sell it or exit it. So please watch and listen for that purposes for that purpose or those purposes. And, uh, this is the monolith of book 448 <laughs> pages worth that, uh, I like setting it down that, uh, Jay Abraham and I wrote called business wealth without risk that we recently launched. And, uh, so that's just kind of bringing you guys up to speed. Do you want to ask me some questions and we'll go through that way or what's your
1: plan? Yeah, I mean, so I'd love for you to describe, because you did a you did a full-scale launch on this. It's not like, because for all the reasons we talked about before, why somebody would want to have a book. There's yep. lots of good reasons to have a book, even if a lot of people don't buy the book. Yeah, right. Uh, I we mean, have a good really friend, is-
0: Jonathan Kronstadt. He's written a book with a ghostwriter and is not releasing it at all. He's just sending it, to people that he wants to do deals with. So very, very small distribution. There's yep. what you're doing, which I'd like for you to share. And then there's the full-blown launch method.
1: Yeah, so I want to hear if you could kind of set up, like what was the strategy behind the launch? Because the goal, if I'm not mistaken, was to hit some bestseller lists and to, to sell a lot of copies of the book. Um, so if you could kind of describe, like what was the strategy behind it? And then I'd love to know just like what worked and what are the things we were like, I eh, don't know if we would necessarily do it that way again next time.
0: Yeah, great, great questions. I, I so our primary reason for writing the book was, and I think it's really good to focus on what do you want. And you, you say, well, I want to sell lots of copies of this book. Okay, why? You know, go through that five whys. But at the end of the day, what 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 Ryan and I are doing, and what uh, Jay and Ryan and I are doing in different partnerships, and Damon and John as well, everything that I am focused on right now is to get deal flow. I'm looking for companies that have a million dollars or more in EBITDA, uh, have been around a couple of years, have a good growth rate and a healthy margin of 15% or more, five or more employees. And I want to acquire them either for money or for helping them to grow and scale and exit or some combination of the two. And so that's my primary purpose in writing the book. Neither Ryan nor I, I think, or any of our business partners want to be famous. We all like the rich part. We're not crazy about the fame part, but the personal brand is a way to get that. And so this book was written primarily to not to sell copies or to sell copies, but only towards the end of let's get deals. And so we decided to, uh, to take both the things that Jay is really good at and, and, and the things that I'm really good at and, and come together. And so let's talk about first, why did I choose to partner with Jay? Why didn't Ryan and I do this book? Because we have lots of growth strategies. And this book is really divided into three sections. How can I acquire businesses for growth or the addition of capability? Or uh, in part one, part two is using all of Jay Abraham's growth and scale strategies. And then part three is how to exit. So one and three are primarily... Um, just me, two is primarily Jay's stuff, even though I have a lot of growth stuff as well. So why did I do that? I did that because um, through Jay, I have some relationships with some of the people that that Jay does, but Jay's been around for a lot longer and has done a tremendous job of building his brand. And so Jay with uh, Tony Robbins, for example, was able to have the book distributed to Tony Robbins Platinum Group. He was able to, it was Jay, not me, that has the uh, intro to the book is written by Tony Robbins, like a nine-page, I think, thing from Tony uh, talking about the book and us and why this is great. Uh, And same thing with uh, Damon John and a couple others. Damon is a partner of ours, so we would have gotten him. um, But really, I thought that partnering with somebody who had a reach into different businesses and companies that had been around a lot longer than I have, Uh, And quite frankly, is significantly older than me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, That, that, that was a really good strategy. And so you guys could think about that too. I talk all the time about centers of influence. I am a huge fan of tapping into existing momentum that other people have. So that's thing. Number one was that I want to partner. Uh, Number two was what, what is our outcome? And it, it, while I liked selling copies, it was really, how do we get deals? So this book is all focused throughout the entire book about if you would like to do deals with us, this is all this great stuff to help you. And it, you can do all this stuff. But if you meet these criteria and would like for us to, uh, to, you know, would like to work with you or potentially invest in you, then come to this website. So there's a whole website built behind in this entire book is really a strategy with QR codes um, all over that take you to resources that all drive to work with us. They're all giving value throughout, but it's all working with us. So
1: um, can I I just interject real quick? Yeah. And and I don't want to ramble too much. I have things I want you to ask. So I'll, I'll let you go through. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think, I think that's an, I think that's an important point that you made is you were clear on who you wanted to read this book and that's not everybody. Yeah. So the goal for the book doesn't necessarily have to be for it to become a bestseller because yes. almost by definition for it to become a bestseller, you need to write a book. You need to write a book that appeals to the masses. Mm-hmm. In this case, we don't want the masses and yeah. you and I have both known people who their goal was to write a bestselling book. They achieved it. And none of those people turned into long-term customers and clients. Yeah. Even so being very, lots and lots of readers. Yeah. 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 Being very, very intentional about who you want not that, I mean, look, if it can become a bestseller and it catches, then then great, but you don't, uh, unless, you're, unless your goal is to be a bestselling author, which I think is largely overrated, almost anybody can call themselves that. You rank in one category in Amazon for two and a half seconds and you're calling yourself a bestselling author. Um, so I think it's watered down, but unless that is your goal, um, your goal should be to get the kind of readers that you can do business with if that's the purpose of the book. And that was the case here. So I, I, I think that's really, really important. It so, is, and- and when
0: we're talking about bestsellers, too, the, to, to me, it's again, if you're asking why, you'll get to, you'll get to the good answer. I want to have a bestseller, why? So I can reach the largest number of people, why? So that I can have more people find out about me and the content I've got, why? So I can do deals with them, right? So like knowing that end, why is is really important? If if you know, and if it's just I want to be famous and well, and have my name on the tongues of lots of people, that's cool, just. Know that, right? And we were able to to hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, and we were in the top 200 books uh, on Amazon uh, business books on Amazon. We were the number one in the business category, and the business motivation category, and the startups category. So, like during our launch week, when we have this giant focused effort, um, and we sold about 10,000 copies of the book uh, during that time, and um, you know, and that got us that got us there, whether the book catches fire or not, you know, who knows, uh, but if nothing else, now our next step in the campaign, and I think we should talk about why we do or don't use publishers too. Um, the next step in the campaign is to send physical copies of the book between 500 and a thousand copies a month to people who meet our acquisition criteria that we can identify, like acquisition to do deals, which we can identify using services like Zoom info, data axle, you know, et cetera.
1: So, you know why you're writing the book? Um, part of that why I could introduce, does it make sense for me to, to invite a co-author yep. into this to be able to tap into their audience? And to your point, like, you know, you and I could have easily co-authored this book. I've got gross stuff, you got gross stuff. It could have been, you know, my name on there instead of Jay Abraham, but Jay's got, you and I know the same people. So you and I yep. co-authoring a book, doesn't, I mean, it may get us new content, but it doesn't get us a bigger reach. Right. So I'm happy, screw me, put Jay in there, yeah. right? Because, you know, we just want, we just want the deal flow. It, and, and so again, that speaks to the ain't about ego. It's about understanding the purpose of it, which for this book, um, you know, for us is, you know, is deal flow. So we've got our purpose. That's going to inform the hook and, and the partners and the content, because we're going to make sure we're talking to our ideal person, not trying to, you know, talk to everybody, but then we got to get the word out there. So run me through the launch process and kind of your overarching strategy behind it. What was the timeline? Uh, Just kind of give me a break, a rundown of that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so the funny thing for for you guys is that Ryan and I both were advisors for and had an ownership interest in a company called Scribe that wrote books for people. And then they I think kind of almost went out of business, but are now back. I'm not sure wh- where it is. I know that, um, that we were both, we both basically said, you know, you guys, you know, keep, keep, keep everything. We're not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not something that, uh, uh that we ultimately wanted to continue to be involved in. And, um, that was five years ago, I paid them 40 some thousand dollars to, ghostwrite, launch audiobook everything um, and many many people and including New York Times bestsellers uh, used that service and had great experience with it. Uh, my experience was that I was too difficult in some way for them to be able to do even though I thought what would be easy would be exactly what we did for what we did for uh, for this book. Called Zero Down, which is now in a in a its second edition rewrite, um, was just recorded a event that I did, and then sent the transcriptions for that event off to an editor and said, "Please make me a book." And now we've sold thousands and thousands of copies of that. That's a super fast way to do a book um, that is actually yours with your content and everything. And, um, and I was able to do that, but for some reason that was about three years after we, we retained this, this company. And I'm telling you this because if you're thinking about having somebody come, it's not that they can just instantly make the book appear. You actually have to work with them to do that. And if you're really busy, like, like Ryan and I are, and most of you probably are, it might or might not be the way for you to go. So, um, so, that was a tough experience. I thought they actually said, can we come out to one of your events? And I'm like, yeah, that's got all the content in it. And they came and then never could get it written. Like, and it just never happened. And I, they gave me multiple people to work with. And I'm like, here's all the stuff. Here's the event recordings. Here's everything, couldn't do it. So uh, that was really, really frustrating. And, um, and I'm getting to the point. <clears throat> so getting the book done itself took about, four years or five between the time that I said, I would like to do this. And when it happened about two years ago, uh, Jay and I were talking about the possibility of doing something like this. And we hired a ghostwriter that he had used multiple times before, Uh, not a big company, just a single person. And we did a book Ryan and I with William Shatner uh, several years ago where we hired a ghostwriter. So we've got good experience with, I think solo ghostwriters versus like a big, mill that's going to churn out books. Uh, the experience was great. Um, I want to say we spent like $15,000 or so on the Ghostwriter. And then we spent another few thousand dollars to get the kinds of examples that were out in the market that, that were maybe bigger, more famous examples of what we were doing with our customers so that we had, you know, let's, let's give examples from Apple and Uber and Tesla and things like that, in addition to the companies that we had worked with. So then we get all that done and we're the, the edits are done. Well, the, the, the first version of the book is done. We are clear that throughout it, we want to pepper the opportunity to work with us. That's going to be at the beginning, at the end, and every chapter at the end. And then it was, okay, well, how do we get this thing out into the market? So we hired a, we interviewed several firms that specialized in book launches and we hired, um, we hired one. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, I know the guy's name was, uh, was Rob and I think there was a Bob and a Rob. So it might've be the Rob Bob agency. but, um, we hired them because they had launched several books before. And I think they had launched like Ed Milette and Tony Robbins and a couple of others. So I was like, okay, well, there's a track record of somebody that knows how to do this. They also guaranteed easy to guarantee this Amazon bestseller, but they also, guaranteed that they would work with the arranging, uh, the sales platform so that you would get credit for sales of the book as well. And, um, and then they would help with the marketing strategy and ads and things like that to generate demand. So, and that was in the neighborhood of, I think it was $65,000. So not an inexpensive, uh, service to get, but again, pretty good investment given that one deal could pay us two, $3 million a year. So, that was our strategy in terms of having kind of a helper to do it because we don't know how books get, you know, book scan or whatever the thing is that records sales works and all that. Um, and I don't know, I know we did end up uh, in the top 10 on, or the top five, I think actually on the wall street journal bestsellers list, which is good. And that'll be printed on the book. Not because that makes us money, but because people go, Oh, it's on the wall street journal. It must be good. We did not opt to go through a publisher because as Ryan and, uh, and most book, marketers know the the retail cost like the cost from a publisher to buy this i'm going to guess it's over 10 bucks uh, a book for a It's probably 14
1: yeah probably like $14 i think we did a we did digital marketing for dummies through wiley and our wholesale cost if we want to buy the book to use in marketing is only about always what the discounted retail price on amazon is like yeah. there's lots of times when we could actually Buy, buy our book Amazon. when it's on sale, retail from Amazon, than buying it direct from the publisher.
0: Yeah. And think about like, we, we quoted also, and like I said, this is a 448 page book. This, um, this book, I want to say, cost us a little over six bucks to buy from Amazon with the author discount. You don't get credit for that, by the way. So I'm not like, I can't buy a thousand copies and get credit for having sold a thousand copies. But, um, but what I can do is I can afford $6 for a copy of the book a thousand of them a month going out to the people that we want cost me 6,000 bucks a month plus shipping. That's not bad. Right. So if I, will I spend $10,000 a month to send this talisman of, you know, of our brilliance and knowledge, hopefully to, uh, to people that we absolutely want to connect with. Yeah. That's, that's a great use of the money. One thing though, that you mentioned, Ryan, that I think is worth also thinking about in the partnership. Uh, like I was talking about why I partnered with Jay, why you partnered with, the Dummies people with Wiley and Dummies was because you got a whole additional market of people that were Dummies fans, right? You were tagging on to the center of influence that is the Dummies brand.
1: Yeah, it was the same kind of thing. And, and I think it, it goes to what's the purpose of the book. In that case, the, we wanted to, a digital marketer, own digital marketing as a term. And so what are all the different places you can own it? Well, owning it from a For Dummies book given that that is an established brand made sense. And so we didn't do it to make money. We didn't even do it to generate customers. It was purely a brand play that, you know, it, it doesn't really call it. when you go. The nice thing about going through a publisher is they're absorbing most, if not all the costs. And in some cases you're even getting paid, um, an advance uh, against your royalties. So it can, you can make some money. Um, so it goes to the, goes to the reason there, but there was no real, in there's no incentive for us to go out there and, promote and sell the book ourselves. Um, it's not this talisman that we can send around. I mean, um, but from a brand perspective, I can say I'm the author of that book and that helps with speaking engagements and things like that. So it does go to the Digital marketing. That's pretty sexy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So going back to though, I want to know, like, how did you launch the book? What was the process for launching it?
0: Okay. So, uh, so then the next step we have now the people that specialize in that we had, um, another gentleman that helps people with that who just volunteered to help us. um, His name is Trevor Crane. So I want to shout him out here because uh, you know, Trevor and uh, mastermind member. Yeah. And so uh, he, he helped quite a bit in terms of uh, the editing and a lot of the process stuff. And, um, and then we just, we reached out to every affiliate that we could think of. So who's going to promote for the book? So um, Tony agreed to give it to his plats. We have, not yet been able to get him to do a wide promotion. I don't know that we ever will because uh, if we manage to partner with him, which is something we, we would hope to do, then, you know, then I imagine we can do that. Um, uh, Russell Brunson uh, at one point offered to promote the book. I don't think that ended up ever happening. It may have Russell, if you did, I I, I'm grateful and I apologize for not being informed by Jay that you did it. But um, but we did go through Jay and I both went through our list of everybody that we knew who we thought had an audience that might promote. We ended up with our whittled down list. I want to say it was 273 affiliates that agreed to promote the book that had audiences, John Asaraf and a lot of people that were friends of ours that had decent sized audiences. and um, And we had people that had big audiences that wanted to simply buy copies of the book for their audience. So like Steve Harward bought 500 copies to give to, you know, people that he knew over at prime corporate services. And, um, and that was helpful as well. So we're looking for who's got an audience that they might want to buy a lot of copies of the book for. And we reached out to those people with email, phone, uh, and text campaigns to get them on board. Then we looked for who has, audiences that would be willing to promote the book, not that they're going to buy it and give it to them, but they're going to promote. And we ended up with, like I said, 270 odd people that that were willing to do that. We uh, we then reached out to all of them. I want to say 73 of them ended up actually promoting. So of the 270 some, a couple hundred people had good intentions, but you know, life gets in the way, calendars get in the way, and maybe they will later, but for launch week, because... I, you know, your only con, like your only concern from a bestseller standpoint about launch week. That's when you want to concentrate the sales of as many copies as possible. So that was really the book launch people, uh, the affiliates that we had, and then everything driving to an event that Jay and I would appear at live to announce the book and really sell it on the event. And so that, that event we hosted, we quoted around, um, several different people. We talked to, uh, Eric Worre gave us a friends and family, <laughs> in his big, I think 20 or $40 million studio. And several other people did ultimately, uh, one of the businesses that we own an interest in called Everbowl with Jeff Fenster offered us their really fancy studio with remote cameras and all that kind of stuff for free. And, um, And it was in San Diego, so it was easy. Jay drove down from uh, his beach house, an hour north of here. I drove twenty minutes from my house. Our team, my son and Matt and uh, Deanna, well, Matt and my son were already here, and Deanna came in from uh, from Austin, but she was actually already here uh, for an event anyway. So that was the strategy: was how many people do we know that will buy lots of books? How many people do we know that will promote the book to their audience, but in the form of let's get them to this event because we wanted to build an email list. We ultimately had, um, I want to say it was like 85 or 8,800 just under 9,000 people that registered for this launch event, which was a 90 minute presentation by me and Jay about really the stuff that's in the book. We built up, um, huge, uh, value by, creating several videos that people who buy the book could scan the QR code that's on the back and throughout the book to go in and get ex, uh, enhanced content so that they could get video content um, worksheets that were in the book and all that kind of stuff completely for free. So I, I would say probably three to $5,000 worth of what we would normally sell stuff for that we just made available free to anybody that has the QR code. And if they don't buy the book, so if the theory is they buy the book, to get the QR code. Um, and the only way to get into the bonus stuff is to have bought the book and have the QR code. Obviously people share and cheat and find it. And that's okay. We don't care about any of that stuff. It's not gated because we wanted as many people to come in. You don't have to give your email because we didn't want fake emails. We do pixel people who visit the pages so that we're building audiences and lookalike audiences of the people who are interested in the book. And, um, I was trying to think if there was anything else that we did, um, Obviously we promoted to our lists as well. Go ahead. You got muted, Ryan.
1: Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. So, so just so I'm clear, the affiliates were promoting, uh, to go buy the book directly or the affiliates were promoting the book launch event.
0: They were promoting the book launch event, which we did as an affiliate contest with points. And, um, we had bought, we, we really didn't want to give away like cars and stuff like that. There were a lot of affiliates that said they would only promote if there were big prizes and things like that. And I totally get that. Um, or if they got access to the list, I totally get that. We really, we probably could have done four or five times as much if we had been willing to do that. But we really only wanted people that were sincerely interested in promoting the content and the book because they thought it was good. And, um, and I know that that cost us a lot, but I, I feel in the end, our list that we built is a lot stronger because of it. And so the, uh, everyone who promoted, who came in the top 10, uh, got either me or Jay, uh, to do podcast or, or speak virtually to their group or something like that. Um, that, that was basically the reward we made available to those people. The, everybody that I think sent 10 buyers or more or 10 attendees to the conference or more, uh, got two lost chapters, which was like extra benefit stuff that we, we didn't have before. And I think it actually ended up being three that we did. So that was kind of a surprise and delight. Uh, and then the, the person that came in first got access to the green room, uh, with Richard Branson, which is something that we had because I happened to be interviewing him, uh, at the conference that you and I are doing called Traffic and Conversion Summit in January. So it effectively cost us nothing but also got us the kinds of people that we wanted promoting.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's important. So uh how how far out before the actual launch day cuz cuz the event was when was on the on essentially the launch day for the book. Cuz my understanding you've got to tell Amazon that you're going to launch and you got to tell them like way in advance and the books all have to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, while you're in pre-launch. And that's like a six to eight week period. So how far out from launch day did you start recruiting affiliates?
0: Yeah, uh, it's, that, that, that's a great question. I would say it was between 90 and 120 days out that we did that. Yeah. Th-
1: three and that's important, right? Because these, yeah. these folks have calendars, I mean, trying to slot stuff in. And in this case, and I, and I think this is important, the nice thing about a book launch is asking somebody to promote a book is like if I, if I tell somebody about a book, that's, that's actually, um, that's a status increase, status increaser for me. Yeah. You know, if I say, hey, go buy this course or hey, go buy this product, I kind of look like I'm hawking something. But for whatever reason, when it's a book, yeah. it just looks and feels different. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't know. And that's why from a strategy perspective, I'm curious. Um, and, I, and I know that it's a very common strategy to direct all the affiliate activity towards the launch event because that's how you build the list. You get people on there. They all go and buy. But I wonder if if it wouldn't be better to ask all the affiliates to just mail the book straight to Amazon on launch day and direct it to that. Because if I'm an affiliate, I'd much rather send somebody to Amazon like, hey, this is an amazing book. You should go and buy it than to what is effectively a webinar.
0: Yeah. So
1: I didn't know, like, I'd love to know from your perspective, what are some things that absolutely worked that you would do again every single time? What are some things that maybe failed miserably uh, that you would never do again? And what are some things that you're like, eh, in retrospect, I would test that? I, I and then I'm happy to share what we're going to do different, a little bit differently for the Get Scalable book launch.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really, the, the only thing I would say, I would still do it again. I, I wasn't thrilled with the, with the effort that I saw or the data, because I'm a big data person. I want the data constantly because we're, we can make decisions and adjustments based on it. So I wasn't thrilled with the people that we hired to do the launch, um, the 65 K people, um, they, they, they were not as responsive as we would have liked them to be. And maybe that's because they had productized their services, you know, see, see our other episode that we recorded me of the podcast. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that, that I got the benefit out of that that I would have liked. I think we would have done pretty much everything anyway without them and saved ourselves the 65K. I'm very happy with the fact that we used affiliates. I'm very happy with um, with the people that that were willing to give the book out to their audiences like Tony. Uh, I'm very happy with the people that we got on the preface. I'm very happy with uh, going through the affiliates. I, I'd say that if I could have tripled or quintupled the effort to get affiliates that it would have been nice to get significantly more of them on board. We, uh, we didn't get our banners up as quickly as I would like on social media. And, um, and, and then when we did, they were not, I I think maybe today is the day that I finally got the YouTube one up that I wanted that had, you know, like the, the banners that the team did were artistically wonderful but from a sales standpoint it needs to be giant in your face the book's out now buy it right and it was like little pictures of me and jay and you couldn't even tell what it was it needs to be like that i think just generally had i had more time um with the same effort that we put in the last 3 weeks if i could have done that for for the 12 or or 21 weeks before or 24 that would have been that would have been good um and then other than that, I'm very happy with how we did the live event. I don't think I would have people mail directly to Amazon um, because I, I did want to build the value and, and the hype around that and have lots of people saying, hey, this book is coming out. And I do think that having people, it's like a product launch, having everybody mail to that day that it's going to happen, I, I think is a good thing in the follow up. Um, we do have people mailing to just Amazon and that's, that's good. But again, it's hard to get them to do it because what's in it for them, right? It's other than, will you re, will you recip with me? Will you mail all my stuff? I don't know. I don't, you know, I I probably won't, you know, so we turned that down and that cost us a lot of potential affiliates. I'm still happy with that. Um, I mean, really, honestly, across everything we did, I think the biggest thing was the, the, the group that did the launch. Uh, Effort-wise and the the social, they just I don't think we were nearly as ready on social with the right stuff as we as we could have been, and then also in the follow-up. So we had our goal, of course, was to get applications to work with us, and over that <clears throat> one-week period, um, we got uh, just under 400 applications to work with us. And they had to go through a qualifying multi-question thing, which when they clicked the QR code and went to the resource site for the book, there's a whole application that they go through to work with us to qualify them. And um, so we had, had, like I said, just under 400 people that did that. And I did record something saying, hey, this is a crazy busy time. Uh, So it'll take us a little bit to get back to you. I'm a week behind getting back to those people, which I'm just barely scratching the surface of right now. So before, this is the other thing to think about that that our team and I did not think about is the week before the Dagon launch, which the launch was on a Saturday, Monday, we had a, an event, the Monday of the week before, right? So no, the Monday of the week of. So a Monday that led to that Saturday, we had an event that was a two-day event that was a, a sales event live in person And the evening of day one on Monday, we had a separate event for a whole bunch of sellers that came in. So we're marketing to get people into both of those events and and all my time getting ready and everything in the team on the week of launch is doing that. The second day was the second day of the first event. Then the next two days, we had two events running simultaneously, one for helping people buy businesses and one for our mastermind for uh, Epic Board so for four days, I have four events, multiple events going on at the same time, then Friday off, haha, then Saturday, the book launch in the morning. Uh, That was dumb uh, of of all of us. So I'll, I'll take full credit for not seeing it. And, you know, and, and for scheduling like that, that, that was just not smart because it definitely diluted the effect. And then I had basically a couple of days off and then come to Austin for us to do two events in Austin right on the, the back of it, which is why I haven't been able to get back to the people as fast as I wanted. And then I had all kinds of personal funkiness go on this week, followed by this Saturday, I go to Europe for two weeks. So it's like, I probably could not have scheduled it,
1: scheduled it more poorly. So, that, so looking back, you would have generally executed the same strategy, yep. have affiliates, Drive to an event, um, prizes that are associated with getting increased access, you know, to you and Jay. That way, you're making sure you get the right people. Uh, build all the buzz into into a singular week so that you can get on the bestseller charts and things like that, and build up the and, and build up the industry buzz. Um, make sure that you're getting the right readers. Make sure that you got lots of calls to action throughout the book. All of that worked. Uh, the only thing you would say is, let's make sure that next time we give ourselves. Probably a wide open week. The week before, a wide open week. The week after, I'd say. I mean,
0: really, two weeks before would have been just yeah. amazing because we were hustling. I mean, also, I'm hustling to do all the video content, and then you know, Jay had a crazy month of an unusual amount of travel mm-hmm. and uh, consults. So I literally got none of the content from Jay ever to do the video, like the the resources. I, I I never got it the week before I got here's access to all of our folders, full of stuff, pick what you want. And I'm like in the middle of four days and I hadn't got anything before. So, you know, it was just comical how fast we had to put everything together. It, we pulled it off, but you know, I know it was, I'm sure I was not, uh, the most pleasant person to be around that week at home. And, uh, you know and that's never good when you're stretched thin, and, and the whole team was stretched thin. So, you know, it it's uh it could have definitely been less
1: chaotic. Yeah. So a lot of what you described is why I would like to take a slightly different approach for the for the get scalable. And launch. can we talk about that as a second podcast? Because this one's gone good. I like this as a two parter. Is that cool Ooh, with you? I'm good with it.
0: Okay. So guys, thank you for tuning in. I hope this was valuable. This is truly business lunching with us behind the scenes. Cause I don't, Ryan and I didn't have a chance to really talk about all this. Stuff. Yeah, this is the
1: first chance we've had because of all the busyness described earlier. So it was nice <laughs> to now. get So, so to if you like yeah. this podcast,
0: uh, please share it with a friend. And also please be sure to tune into part two, which uh, will be all about the other way that the scalable operating system, is it scalable? It's Get Scalable, yep. right? Yeah, Get Scalable. Uh, operating system book that Ryan wrote is going to be launched. And um, we'll see you next time. 100% free. Just visit businesslaunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you wanna double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why